Hey Freebirds, Simple Man here. How would you like to advertise your business on America's fastest growing Leonard Skinner podcast? Skinner Reconsidered recently became the number one Leonard Skinner podcast across all podcast platforms. We have been featured as one of Potter and Time magazine's Southern Rock podcasts to watch in 2019. And we landed at number 87 on Podcast Monthly's list of top 100 deep dive single host band podcasts that you've never heard. With affordable rates and legions of listeners just waiting for your ad, this is a no-brainer. Become a sponsor of Skinnered Reconsidered today. Email us at skinneredreconsidered at gmail.com, attention Olivia, Clarence's replacement, for more information. All right, let's turn it up. Turn it up. From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, this is Skinnered Reconsidered, the only podcast where I review every Leonard Skinnered song. I am your host, of course, The Simple Man. How's it going out there, free birds? Don't answer. I can't hear you. Don't answer that. Me, I'm doing all right. Feeling a little bit better. May not die after all. I'm still out here in California. I'm going to try to squeeze in one more podcast while I'm here before I fly back to Nashville on Friday. I always fly out of Nashville on a Sunday, usually an early afternoon flight. And I don't know if you know this, but Nashville is the bachelorette party capital of the world. There are more bachelorette parties in Nashville than any other city. So without fail, every Sunday I spend in the airport, I get to see the sad remnants of a Saturday night bachelorette party. Just these shells of human beings, group of young women, sometimes they're still wearing matching shirts, sometimes they got a fake penis hanging off of them somewhere. Why did that become the thing to do? Oh, you're getting married. You're obviously a full-grown adult. I know, we should go out on the town with a bunch of dildos all over us. That'll prepare you for marriage. And I'm not trying to be sexist here. Bachelor parties are just as bad in many ways, I'm sure. But at least men understand that they should be ashamed of their activities. Men at a bachelor party try to hide out somewhere. Dark strip club, hotel room. Honestly, their actions are probably even more shameful, but at least they do it in private. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's what bothers me. I'm not a loud, in-your-face kind of guy. And here's the problem with bachelorette parties. The number one priority of every bachelorette party is to make sure everyone knows you're having a bachelorette party. Even the next day at the airport, I'm just angrily trying to get on my plane so I can go to work out here in California. I realize now this sounds kind of like I'm just trying out bad stand-up bits, so I'll probably cut all this out, but I do have some great news to share today, so lighten the mood. I've completed the producer interviews, and we had a ton of great candidates like I told you last time, but there was one who clearly stood out, and I'm excited to announce that the new producer of Skinner Reconsidered is Olivia. Olivia is her name. She was formerly the producer of the Talking Heads podcast, Talkin' Talkin' Heads, 
which was very successful, thanks in no small part to her. And she's a real pro. She knows her stuff. She has great contacts for sponsors. You may have noticed I reached out to a few potential sponsors today, I hope, in the intro to this podcast, trying to drum something up before Olivia gets started because Freebirds, this podcast is not paying for itself. But as soon as I get back from California, I will start working with Olivia. So you can expect a much more professional sounding show, sponsors like we have never seen before. I'm just so excited. This podcast is about to go to the next level, a level that, frankly, we never could have obtained with Clarence. And speaking of Clarence, I also have some odd news to report. And you'll have to forgive me, this is a little difficult to talk about, but apparently Clarence's family suspects foul play in Clarence's untimely passing. Now, I haven't seen the full autopsy report, but I do know he died with just a ridiculous amount of heroin in his system. So I assume that heroin was the culprit. But Clarence's family thinks that may not be the case, and they have hired a private investigator to look into this. And here's the deal. I didn't want to get into these details on the podcast, but now I feel I must share this. The last night of Clarence's life, Clarence had actually done something pretty cool. Clarence arranged a gathering for friends of Skinner Reconsidered. It was a chance for us to get together with some of our favorite listeners and friends and all meet face to face. He rented out this huge mansion in the Nashville area for the night using some of that mom inheritance. I know most of you freebirds out there never heard about this, but it was a pretty exclusive, invite-only, VIP-type event, and we had a great turnout. The Deep Dive Podcast Network was fully represented. We had Rye from Sabbath Bloody Podcast, who had just spent some time with Clarence in Dublin. We had our dear friends from the Deep Purple Podcast. Terry from T-Bones Prime Cuts was there, along with some other great listeners. Shags from Australia. Australian Shags. Everybody's favorite, Ralph. Ed, Aaron, Matt, David, the list goes on. My dad was there, of course, and we all had a great night. It was a lot of fun. But I'm afraid to inform you that all these people who attended, including me, are now persons of interest in Clarence's death. You see, this, this great night we all had was the last night of Clarence's life. He was partying pretty hard, trust me. I'm learning this private investigator is very skilled, very thorough, and very determined. You guys will definitely be hearing from him, I'm sure, and I want to publicly apologize for dragging you into this. Just a parting gift from Clarence, I guess. But I don't think it's anything to worry about. I mean, if you murder Clarence, you should probably be worried. But let's hope that's not the case. I have no idea, Freebirds. This is a real whodunit, and I don't know who done it. And maybe it was just heroin. Maybe it was just the old needle in the spoon. I guess we'll find out. All I've heard so far is the investigator has spoken to the owner of the house that we rented out for the night. And there are a few strange items missing ever since we had the party. Apparently a wrench, some rope, a lead pipe, a candlestick, and even a gun and a knife are missing. The only other thing I know is that the investigator determined that the party only occupied nine rooms in this huge house, so he's focusing his investigation on these nine rooms. There's a kitchen, a study, 
conservatory, a hall, dining room, billiard room, a lounge, library, and a ballroom. Okay, so that's all we know so far. If you'd like, I'll try to keep you updated on the progress. It's sad and weird as all this is. I can't help but think it might be good for the podcast. These murder mystery podcasts are all the rage. So perhaps Clarence has finally helped the podcast in his death. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But let's get to the music. The song for the day is the second song off Nothing Fancy. It's called Cheatin' Woman. And this is a very dark song, lyrically. I guess we kind of have a theme emerging for this episode. The song was written by Ronnie, Gary Rossington, and producer Al Cooper. I think that's the second time we get a songwriting contribution from Al Cooper. I believe he was also the co-writer on Mississippi Kid, if I remember correctly. And like that one, this is another blues song, although it's a pretty different type of blues song. From Leonard Skinner, this is Cheatin' Woman. Alright, Skinner's got the blues, y'all. Before we go further, I like Ronnie's vocals on this one so far. To me, this sounds a little bit different than anything I heard on the first couple albums. He's kind of drawing out each word. Sounds a little sleepy almost. I think it works for this slower blues dirge. What does dirge mean? Did I use that correctly? Mother, there's nothing that you can do. Well, I can't stand a pain no more. She don't want my love for sure. She don't want for me. Yeah. Oh, knocking on her front. Knock, knocking. Woman. Why did you make me lie, your sister? When you knew you was untrue, you love every man with plans on. Yes, it doesn't for you. How about those two lines? Before we get to that, how about those last two words? Too few. Again, he's dragging those two syllables out forever. I like what I'm hearing here. Those lines are, You loved every man with pants on. Yes, a dozen to you is too few. Wow. Second line, pretty direct. I know what that means. Ronnie's saying, Even a dozen men. It's not enough for you, you cheating woman. I'm not sure what the first line means. He says, you loved every man with pants on. Is he just saying you loved every man? Or maybe growing up in the rural south, in poverty, maybe a man with pants on, that's different than a man with jeans or 
you know, a working man that might have jeans on or somebody with shorts. So maybe she's a gold digger. She loves men with pants on. I don't know. I could be reading too much into it. I don't really know what these lyrics mean, but I do know that second line. Stone cold shot to this cheating woman. Back to you, Ronnie. I'd have to comment on this as much as I talked about the gun control message from the very last song, Saturday Night Special. Interesting that Ronnie follows this up with a song about shooting a woman with a handgun. Like I said, Ronnie is a contradictory thinker. I think I understand what Ronnie's trying to do here. It's a blues song. Ronnie loved the blues. And if you listen to a lot of those old blues songs, there were a lot of them, and I mean a lot of them, about killing your old lady because she did you wrong, cheated on you. So I'm sure that Ronnie is carrying on that tradition. Now how about some guitar? Come on. I like this bluesy guitar solo with a little organ in the background. These guys knew the blues, I think. going to shoot you and all your pals? Might be a little too far, Ronnie. I do like that he uses pals, which, you know, sounds kind of chummy. Always talking about this mass shooting he's planning. outro, some nice fills from our new drummer, Artemis Pyle.
Alright, Freebirds, that's it. What do you think? Let me know what you think on Twitter. On Instagram. That's where we are. Or at SkinnerDReconsidered at gmail.com. Love to know your thoughts. The truth is, my hope from the very beginning was that you Freebirds out there would give your rating of these songs. Only one person has done that, and that is the great Ralph, who is basically the patron saint of all music podcasts out there on Twitter. I love it. Every episode, he lets me know his rating. If anybody else wants to jump in there with Ralph, it's pretty good company. But me, I'm a little lukewarm on this song. I, I like it. Um, songs about killing women aren't necessarily my thing. Although I do, like I said, understand the uh, I think where this is coming from, kind of the roots of this. Doesn't make it okay, for the record. But on the plus side, it's a very raw song from Ronnie where he's letting us know how much pain he's in and how he feels. I'm sure he didn't ever shoot a woman, let alone all of her pals. It's a cool blues song. It doesn't really stick with me to where it's not one of those songs where I feel like I've got to go back to that, stuck in my head, can't wait to hear it again. But when I put it on, I do enjoy it. You know I'm going to rate this song on a scale of 1 to 5 Skinnerds. But before I do that, I promised in the last episode that I would tell the story of Bob Burns' exit from Leonard Skinnerd. Bob being the original drummer, of course. But sadly, in 1974, Bob Burns suffered what I guess you would have to call a mental breakdown during his last tour with Skinnerd. And there were several factors that contributed to his descent into madness. First, the guys in Skinnerd went to see The Exorcist in the theater, and apparently Bob became pretty obsessed with this movie and watched it over and over again. Second, Bob Burns was also said to be mixing his whiskey with codeine cough syrup. But more than anything, I think, Bob Burns was worn out from being on the road and from Ronnie Van Zant's incessant bullying of him. Look, I love Ronnie, but we all know I hope it's established by now. He could be a real bully. Apparently Bob was tired. He had not been playing very well. And Ronnie was torturing him about it. Ronnie liked to say that Bob was a better friend than he was a drummer. Eventually all this got to Bob Burns and he kind of lost it. During his last month with Skinner in 1974, he pulled a sink out of the bathroom wall of a movie theater. I don't know if this was during a viewing of The Exorcist or not. But a little later in England, the guys were staying at a hotel, and Bob Burns grabbed the hotel owner's cat and threw it out the window of the top floor. Bob said he did it because the cat had devil eyes. As no excuse for that, obviously disgusting behavior. And so now the guys are just trying to get through the next couple weeks of the tour so they can send Bob home. But before they could do that, while trying to get Bob to go to the show one night, Bob chased the road manager down the street with a pickaxe he had grabbed from a nearby construction site. And once again, his reason for doing so was that the road manager had devil eyes. So that was it for Bob Burns. They finished the couple shows and they put him on a separate flight home. Artemis Pyle stepped in and the rest is history, Freebirds. 
And just to wrap it up, Bob Burns died in 2015 at the age of 64. Do I even have to tell you how he died? He died in a crash, a car crash, in Cartersville, Georgia. He was driving by himself, no seatbelt. He hit a mailbox in a tree on a sharp curve. It's, it's amazing to me. These guys were the crashingest motherfuckers of all time. We all know about the plane crash, but there were countless other car crashes. Even in old age, when you've been out of the band for years, still can't get away from that curse of Skinnerd. And I, I promise I didn't plan this to be such a spooky episode with, you know, we, we've got Clarence's mysterious death. We got a song about shooting a woman. We got cats getting thrown out of windows. Horrible. Double eyes and then a car crash at the end. This could be a special Halloween episode. Halloween is right around the corner. So everybody, make sure you bust this out on Halloween. Gather the kids, turn off the lights, and turn this episode up. Now I do have to rate the song. I already explained my feelings on it. I'm going to give it, on a scale of 1 to 5 Skinnerds, 3.7 Skinnerds. Not a favorite of mine, clearly, but it's not bad at all. I am personally enjoying digging into this album. I hope you are too. The next song on this album for our next episode is called Railroad Song. Until then, much like a train on a railroad, I must be traveling on. (laughs) 